0: Good morning church we're so grateful that so many of you are so invested in God's church here at our three campuses and we want to take just a moment in order to let you know some things that we know you're gonna want to know uh, happening today as well as coming very soon I'm Jason from our East Jordan campus and here with me is Joe from our Lanson campus and Pastor Chad our administrative pastor who spends most of his time here at the Walloon campus Uh, maybe the first thing we want to know about right now Chad Where's Jeff? Good question.
1: Well, Jeff had some unexpected medical issues come up this week, and he needed to have an urgent eye surgery done. The good news is he's doing good. He's on the men's, but the doctor has ordered him to be bedridden for a few days, so you can continue to pray for him and his healing, but he is doing fine, and the good news is that the Lord's work is still going on
2: today. Amen. Could you just repeat that last part one more time? The good news, Papa Joe, is that God's work is still going on today. Hallelujah. Amen. What an awesome thing it is to know that God's work continues to go on today. Right now, we're in worship together, but at each one of our locations. So one church, three locations, we're having a worship together right now at this very moment. And that's the main thing that we want to consider. We're worshiping the Lord today. And so if you're a member of the community church at Walloon, at East Jordan, or at Lanson, uh, we need you to join us as soon as our worship service is over today for our annual meeting. Um, and it's a little different this year. Um, normally we would all meet at Walloon and could continue on with our meeting afterwards, but because it is a little bit different, uh, we're going to start our annual meeting at 1030 at each location but we're going to be linked together through the internet and and that's a good thing so we'll uh, bring the information to you um, no matter what
0: location you're at or online we'll bring the location to you no matter which building you're in today and if you're watching at home right now and worshiping with us in that way, we know you're an important part of our church as well. And you'll be able to use the information that we mailed you a few days ago in order to get online to that same feed right where you are. And you'll be able to interact with us and, and even uh, ask questions and uh, have your voice uh, be included in our meeting today where that's appropriate. Uh, Chad, can you tell us a little bit of what we're going to cover? What's on the agenda?
1: In for- addition to the packet you've received, if you're a member of the church, you should have gotten one in the mail this week. And that will have all of the business pieces of it. But we're also going to be having updates from each campus pastor as well, too. And we're going to be covering votes for new board members as well. And there's other details really to issues of the church as well, too, that we'll be covering a few of those. So it's just really important if you're a member to be a part of that with us today. We are sensitive to the time factor. It's different this year. We realize that with the online platform. But we're doing our best to navigate that, to streamline things so that it's, it's an enjoyable experience and effective for everybody. So we really want you to just take those, that time to join with us, please, if you can,
2: starting at 10.30. So that's at 10.30. As soon as worship is done, approximately 10.15, we're gonna reconvene at 10.30 for our annual meeting. And we're also excited about a new series that's gonna start next week, at all three locations. Um, and we're going to call that Kingdom Stories. And it's a real exciting time to grow in God's Word and what exactly Jesus was teaching us. And uh, Pastor Jason, you can probably tell us more about that.
0: Each week in February and March, we'll be opening the God's Word together, looking specifically at some of the parables that Jesus told, trying to explain what the kingdom of God is like. And we are going to have the opportunity not only to Hear King Jesus tell us what his kingdom operates like, but have the uh, ability to even begin to live his kingdom right here and be a part of it. Take a look at this video. that will help you to understand where we're going for the next couple months. (music) Can't wait to see it next week online or in person. Right now, we're going to continue to worship by opening God's Word and getting back to the basics as we study His Word together.
1: And good morning, everybody. And as you heard, uh, Pastor Jeff is doing well, and I know he's watching us online too. Good morning, Jeff. And, uh, Thanks for letting me fill your spot this week. It's a privilege to do that. So how many of you have ever made a decision that felt so right in the moment, but in the end, it ended up having painful consequences or destructive consequences? And maybe even now you still wonder how in the world you got so far from where you should have been. If I would just have stuck to some of the basic truths in my decision-making, things would be so much different right now. As much as we hate to admit it, it's easy for any of us to take our eyes off the basics and end up in a place of regret so fast. That's why this morning we're going to be taking a look at some of the basic truths we need to be reminded of. Individually and as a church. On February 21 last year in 2020, the LA Times posted an article titled, Was Kobe Bryant's Pilot Disoriented Before Crash? Spatial D is a big problem in aviation. And if you recall, Kobe Bryant professional basketball player for the LA Lakers and eight other people, one of which was his daughter, were all killed in a helicopter crash outside in the hills of outside of Los Angeles. And The article goes on to explain that spatial disorientation, also known as spatial D, occurs when a pilot is in low visibility due to clouds, fog, or darkness and cannot see a horizon And their senses conflict with their reality of their position. You know, spatial disorientation happens when our eyes cannot get focused on a horizontal bearing. And the fluids in our ear are trying to communicate with what the eye is trying to reference. And the information going to the brain is getting totally confused. And what is received as correct information is absolutely wrong information. Kobe's pilot flying through the foggy hills of California was last recorded stating that they were climbing to 4,000 feet, when in reality what was recorded is that they were in a rapid descent. Amazing. Yet he totally felt they were in an ascent. SD is to believed to be responsible for John F. Kennedy Jr.'s fatal crash. The last recordings show that he was in a consistent tight turn at a rapid descent of 4,700 feet per minute before his plane crashed into the Atlantic Ocean, killing himself, his wife, and his sister-in-law. You know, eventually every pilot has to navigate through difficult circumstances and storms. Visually, their reality becomes unclear, and what feels so certain to them is actually leading to potential destruction if it is not corrected. And the solution for the pilot is to maintain a complete and total trust and focus back to their basic instruments and instruction. Regardless of what their feelings are telling them, they've got to get back to the reference of the basic instruction and gauges. And for the pilot, that's often known as the six-pack of navigation. Six key gauges that their life depends on in the air. For the Christian, it's what Jesus said was the greatest commandment to follow. Because if we're not careful when the storms and fog of this life move in, we can experience spiritual disorientation. Our tendency, much like a pilot, can be to grab the controls and follow our instincts, convinced that we know better, but in reality, we're absolutely wrong. And in doing so, We literally don't know which way is up and which way is down. You know, we all have blinding storms that come into our lives. They confuse us, they disorientate us. And if we're not careful, if we're not using the proper instructions to navigate the storms, the outcome is going to be disastrous. So we have a choice. We can either follow our instincts and rely on our feelings and emotions, which in reality, if we all are honest with each other, we know as much as we enjoy a lot of our feelings, they tend to very much mislead us at times, and they are not accurate. Or we can follow the basic instructions that have proven to be correct and have gotten us so far already. Regardless of what our feelings are telling us, we choose to focus back on what we know is correct. We have to keep our eyes focused on the basics. The danger is when we get hearing the basics so much it becomes commonplace and it's taken for granted And when we're not careful, we can suddenly, all of a sudden, be in a position realizing, how in the world did I get to where I'm at? How in the world have I got such a mess and a disaster on my hands? When reality is, we have not stuck to the basic instruction to guide us as to which way is up. Would you please stand with me as we read our text this morning out of Matthew And remind ourselves as to the basics that Jesus commanded us to follow. Please read with me. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Thank you. You can be seated. Please join me as we pray as we enter God's word. Heavenly Father, as we worship you this morning, we recognize you are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And by its very definition, truth is unchanging, and that's who you are. And we, on the other hand, are unstable, and we're ever-changing. And Lord, we need you to remind us that our emotions... As much as that's a part of our humanity, that it's so easy for us to get misdirected. So Lord, help us to never lose sight of what's most important to you. Help our ears to communicate with our hearts this morning of what we need to be reminded of. We need your Holy Spirit to guide us. Because left to ourself, Lord, we just don't do well. We ask that you hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Now just to give a little bit of a setting context to this passage, you know, this question is being asked by someone who is very proud, really known for being very pious, used to debating and discussing which laws and which commands are carry the most weight, which are really the most important. And it seems at this time that the Sadducees have kind of temporarily run off some questions to ask Jesus. And so the Pharisees get together and one steps forward and asks Jesus a question. And you know, he's not really looking for Jesus to answer it correctly. He's really looking to make himself be viewed as having the best knowledge and understanding the law better than Jesus does. But Jesus responds to him perfectly. And when he's asked the question in verse 36, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replies in verse 37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And one thing that stands out to me that is a fundamental basic in itself we can never lose sight of, is that Jesus points out there is one God. There is one God, capital G only, and he is to be worshipped with everything we've got. With our heart, our soul, and our mind. Now, of course, Jesus being God, being God's begotten son directly, qualifies him to also be added into that equation and that commandment as well to where we can say we are to love Jesus with everything we've got. We are to love Jesus with all of our hearts, all of our emotions, all of our feelings, all of our personalities. We are to love Jesus with all of our soul, with all of our life, with all of our breath that he has given us. We are to love Jesus with all of our mind, with all of our plans, with all of our dreams, with all of our thoughts. Everything that makes us up as we were created needs to love Jesus. So our first number one basic truth is to love Jesus more than anything else. It's so basic, we have heard it so much, yet it is the core and the foundation of everything we need to remember. Because no matter how confusing life gets, and life was confusing back in Jesus' time, you know, people have always been people. Nothing is different. You would be the same person with Jesus if you were back 2,000 years ago as you are today. People have always struggled with physical danger, there has always been tension with political turmoil. There has always been racial tension. They have, we have always dealt with people claiming to be experts, experts and lying and misleading people about which way is really up and right. And Jesus goes back to the basics in this passage and says, I'll tell you what's up and what's right. God is what's up. God has to be number one. Jesus sums up the whole relationship of God to mankind and mankind to God in one sentence. We need to put Jesus first in everything we do. So let me ask you, who's who's number one on the throne of your life today? Who's on the throne of you? who do you start your day with as you wake up each morning and start processing your thoughts and your dreams for the day who filters your mouth who filters your screen time your intake whose words do you depend on and look to for comfort and guidance and direction you know how we answer these questions will quickly tell us who's number one in our life today. You need to put Jesus first in everything you do. Church, we need to put Jesus first in everything we do. It has to be the foundation of everything we do as a church. From our services to our ministries to our discipleship teaching Everything Jesus is about, we have got to be about. The cross, his blood, his forgiveness, his new life, we can never lose anything that is part of Jesus. It has to stay number one in what we do. You know, there are churches that used to be here. They used to be here grounded in this basic truth. And they're no longer here anymore. They have let little pieces of Jesus go. And if you let one piece of Jesus go, it all starts to unravel. And it starts so subtly for us. It can start so innocently sometime in our thoughts. You know, it doesn't seem fair that God has only made one way to get right with him. Is Jesus really the only way as he said he was? there has to be a little bit broader conditions on that. You know, I don't know that we need to focus the attention on a literal hell as much anymore. I think maybe it's more a metaphorical use to emphasize a point more than a place. All these subtle things, they are all of what Jesus is about. Do you realize as soon as we take any piece and entertain that from the truth and the basic of what he has stated, it all starts to unravel who Jesus is. If we ever take away the existence of a literal hell, there is no need for that cross to have ever happened. That is the reason Christ went to the cross. If there's no hell, there's no reason. It doesn't even play out. We have to stick to everything that Jesus is about and love everything Jesus is about with everything we've got. We can never lose that individually or as a church. Proverbs 14:12 reminds us, there is a way that seems right to man, but its end is the way to death. You know, there is a way that seems right to every one of us left to ourselves and in the end it leads to death and destruction. We need to remember that if we ever add or take away anything from who Jesus Christ is, we have just entered spiritual disorientation and have set ourselves on a disastrous course. Any activity we do, either as an individual or as a church, has to be filtered through is this going to keep Jesus number one? The good news is, is that God has connected a promise to this command. And in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, he says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways submit to him. Why? Because he will make your paths straight. You know, God does not promise smooth, flat roads. He does promise a straight road. Meaning that whatever is on your road, if you are seeking to please Jesus Christ, everything coming to you, whether it's good or bad, has an intended purpose and has run through your Savior first before it is coming to you on your road. That is comforting for me, to know that I am not lost to chance and chaos in this world. And even if it's good or bad, because God can use the bad as well to get us to the intended place he wants us, that is the safe place to be. We must put Jesus first in everything we do. We must love Jesus more than anything else. And Jesus doesn't stop here. He continues and adds to the first commandment and says that we can't actually obey the first commandment without doing the second piece of it. And the second basic truth we have is to love each other. Verse 39, Jesus continued and said, And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, I've been thinking of, what are the positives of COVID-19? Are there any positives to COVID-19? With all of the chaos, disaster, destruction, death, sickness, are there any positives over the last 10 months? And I guess one I would have to say that I think of is, I think it has woken us up to the realization that we need to be connected in loving relationships. I think even a lot of us that are very introverted are realizing that, that we we actually have a need to be connected in a loving relationship. Because for many of us, when life starts to go sideways, our natural reaction is to isolate ourselves, to insulate ourselves, and this year, we've been, we're being told to do that. And there's a reason we're being told to do that. So don't lose me when I, I say this. So before we get into this, I'm not saying that you need to jeopardize your health or where you feel you need to be right now for the safety of COVID-19. But what I am addressing is this issue, that COVID-19, if we're not careful, has been subtly creating this growing distant, distancing for some of us, that's leading us down a dangerous road in relationships. Some of you have relationships that aren't what they were 10 months ago because of the distancing that's been happening. The connection isn't been happening like it has, should be. Jesus insists that relational distancing is not an option for us no matter what storm we face, we must stay connected to each other in genuine love. Because here's the hard truth. If we're not making a purposeful effort to obey the second part of this commandment, we're failing to obey the first part. They are a both and that have to go together. You, You can't leave one without the other because here's the fact. Jesus loves people, period. Jesus loves people. That is part of who he is. For God so loved the world. Not dirt. He loves people, the world. He loves us. And if we are loving all of Jesus with all that we have, we have got to be loving all people. What can we do to love each other better? Some of these are so basic, but I think I've had to remind myself over the last 10 months of some of this because of where we've been. Who is somebody, if you thought of right now, who's somebody that you haven't connected with over the last 10 months that you had somewhat of normal connection and maybe life has just shifted to where you've kind of forgotten about that relationship as much as it was important It's time to reconnect. It's it's time to, if if the Lord puts somebody's name in your head, you need to act on it. If you have that, I should probably connect or contact or call so-and-so. You should probably take that lead and do that. A lot of times the Holy Spirit can prompt us with just those little things, and there may be a real need for you to do that and connect with them. As much as our media is so helpful in connecting, keeping us connected. You know, over the last 10 months, and I realized thinking about this, it has a double edge to it, as we all know, where it's a major disconnect as well, too. And a lot of the time doing this, I waste, I'm not even connecting with anybody, I'm absorbed in my own scroll for an hour. Let's use it for its good purposes. Encouragement, we need to encourage each other. Same with connecting verbally or FaceTiming with somebody. Send a note. Send a card. Ding-dong ding dong ditch them if you have to with a love package. And have fun playing ding-dong ditch them. <laughs> okay? It's fun. You know it is. So, None of us leave junior high very far. I always say that. But simple things that have been easy to lose track of this year. What can we do as a church better? One thing I think that has been lost and there's been a battle on sensing even before COVID, but I think COVID has really brought it to the forefront. The church needs to meet outside of these walls a whole lot better. We need to meet together outside the walls of this building a whole lot better and with a whole lot more intention going forward. And if some of you are ready to start doing that now and do it safely, I would say absolutely. For some of you, it's a matter of how we come out of COVID, but the big picture, as we move forward continuously, we need to do a whole lot better job loving each other outside of the walls of this church. Bringing back days of Sunday dinner together, connecting with each other during the week, having activities together, game times together, fellowshipping together, loving each other. It takes time, it takes effort to connect with each other. If hospitality isn't your thing, there's a lot of restaurants that would love to be your host for the evening and invite somebody to go with you to a place. We've got to connect better outside the walls of this church. Another thing in a snippet that is coming, currently church leadership is working to revitalize our community small group structure. We want to get better at supporting the groups that are meeting or have been suspended and want to get back to meeting and look at providing some fresh opportunities as well for some new life groups to start together. And a place for you to be able to connect purposely with some people and fellow Christians and get to know each other, to love each other, to live life together. Obviously, COVID-19 adds some challenges and dynamics. We're looking at some options even too to navigate that safely as we get going. The bottom line is this though. We need to love each other better. Some of you are doing a great job. Keep it up. Some of us and I'll include myself in this we need to get moving better at it again, and we have room to grow. The last point this morning of a basic truth, and this really ties in inclusively with the great commandment Jesus gives us. You know, the best way to love Jesus and to love others is to make disciples. Matthew 28:18. We read, And then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What attracts people to Jesus What attracted you to Jesus? I would argue it's his love when we boil it all down. And how we love, how we agape Jesus to other people and to our neighbors is what makes Jesus attractive to them. We have got to allow and be intentional at splashing agape on the people around us, the people we live life with day to day. Church has to be lived outside of these walls. We have to continue to share Jesus' message of love, forgiveness, and life with those who aren't here yet. You know, this isn't an extra thing. These are all the main things. We have to keep our eyes on the basic church. We have to. They have never steered us wrong, and they never will. You know, regret is something that we all can relate to. And the fact is, it's something we all want to avoid. And the best way to avoid regret is knowing what we're supposed to do in doing it. God has given each of us the most basic plan of what we need to do to avoid a lot of the regrets in life. First off is that we need to love Jesus with everything we've got. You know that is the one command, I think that is why it starts off greatest, is because it has the greatest consequence of regret. You miss loving God, loving Jesus with everything you've got, and the regret is an eternal separation from Him. See, because you have a need. The most basic need you have is the need for the forgiveness of your sin. That's right. <laughs> and if we don't enter and receive that relationship, Jesus comes see, Jesus comes to us full out saying, "I'm here to meet that need. I, I love you already fully. Your need is forgiveness of your sin to get right with me. And I've met that need. I met that need on the cross. I met that need through my blood. I met that need and proved it when I rose. From the dead, that I had power to defeat your greatest problem, and your life can be found in me. His hand is always extended there with that friendship and that love. And regardless of where you're at, Jesus loves you regardless of your good, your bad, your ugly, your lovely. He meets you where you're at with his hand extended and says, Will you love me with everything you've got? I already do. You just have to reach out and accept that. Accept me. And that is where that obedience of that command comes in. You can do that wherever you're at this morning. Sitting here or watching online. If that just became clear to you in understanding what that means, you can respond to Jesus right where you're at in accepting that friendship. Second, we have to remember to love our neighbors as good as ourselves. We have to do a better job at loving each other. We need to love each other well this coming year. Thirdly, we need to share that love and continue it in making disciples outside of these walls, people we rub shoulders with. We need to be intentional with sharing the agape love of Jesus We can never lose these basics, church. You can never afford to lose these individually as a person. We have to stick to the basics. We're commanded to. There's life, there's freedom, there's protection in the basics. We can never forget that. Would you bow with me as we close? You know, Jesus, the fact is we don't want to live with regrets. None of us do. And the best way for us to avoid the regrets is to simply remember how important the basics are. And for many of us, we hear these basics and have heard them for decades. And yet, Lord, it's something we can never leave behind us, set aside of us. Lord, we need to be always anchored in the basic truths, to love you with everything we've got, to love our neighbor as ourself. Lord, and to be willing to share that love with people we live life with and all around us. Help us to remember that. Lord, we will need your help doing it. Thank you for your grace and your provision. It's in your name we ask and say, Jesus, amen.